talking about kingdom citizenship. And why are we talking about this? Because we are saying we're in a season where we want to understand the kingdom language so that we understand the kingdom of our home. We want to know when the king talks, what is he saying? What is he talking about? And what am I supposed to do? Now, we have talked about this and this is a continuation of the last episode. So I believe you've watched the last one as you continue watching this one. Now, a kingdom, among many other things that we said, operates in a way that the king chooses his citizens. We've seen that in the last episode, so you need to check that. Now, because his authority is absolute, he determines the standards of the citizenship of his kingdom. Mm -hmm. So it's the king who says these are the standards. He lays down the standards. We've said the word of the king is law. Mm -hmm. Now, the people do not vote for a king here, but in essence, he votes for them. Mm -hmm. A king embodies the government of his kingdom. Mm -hmm. Now, when we talk about a king yes. embodies the government of his kingdom, you need to understand. We are still talking about the king and we are still understanding how do we operate as kingdom citizens and our king. All right? That's a very serious matter because that now determines how his kingdom is governed. He embodies it. Yes. That means in the correct order of a kingdom, you need to know the character of the king mm -hmm. to understand the operations of the kingdom. That becomes very crucial because where we come from, we come from a democratic structure where we think that the leader is subject to the laws. Mm -hmm. But in the kingdom of God, the laws are subject to the leader. And that's why we said earlier that yes. the king's word is, is law. law. Meaning, now let, let's take this a little further. When we say the king's word is law, talking of the kingdom of heaven, it means his word makes everything work. His word is the laws by which things operate. Stop oh. thinking of law in the context that's of right. legalism. So here, when you talk about the kingdom of God, the difference is yes. his word is what holds everything. Exactly. If you removed his word, everything... Nothing operates. Would, yes. Nothing operates. So our lives are operational yes. only when we are in his word exactly. because it is his word that makes the law. Yes. I mean, I think understanding that issue of his yeah. word is law yes. is key. Now to understand that word law, you have to think scientifically. You okay. have to think in physics. Mm -hmm. When you talk about laws, you're talking about the internal principles that uphold what we see. Oh, yes. In other words, what governs time? What governs mm -hmm. gravity? Remember, we said a king is determined by the, his sphere of authority. Yes. In that sphere of authority, everything, not just everyone. Everything. Everything operates by his law. Mm. So the planets do not collide because they are obeying a law. Oh, yes. Everything functions. The earth turns a particular way, the sun in a particular direction, because the word of the king is law. What we call the laws of the king is what the world calls scientific fact. Mm. <laughs> so Remember. when somebody comes and tells you the laws, the laws of science, yes. talking from Babylon, yes. you, you know, yes. it is the king who told the waters, yes. don't pass here. And, and you know, the it, sun, it's, stay it's, where you are. It is silly to use the term law without using the term order. Mm -hmm. You cannot say that scientific proof means this thing, when you say something is proven, it means even in your absence, somebody else will find it to be the same. And then you expect that to be arbitrary, it just appeared. Just happened. No. Law shows order. Order shows presence. In other words, if I take everything and put it in a bowl and shake it, when I open the bowl, I won't find order. 
That's chaos. That's chaos. Okay. So there's no arbitrary action that creates order. There's never been. Mm. So you cannot come and say that this world, things just shook themselves. But suddenly into... they're in perfect sync and order. There is a king. <laughs> order always talks of design. Design talks of decision. Okay. Conscious. So that tells us that wherever the king is, his entire government is present. Mm -hmm. That's when, when God says he's omnipresent, when Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, does not mean that he's walking next to us. It means there's nothing in his creation that is not embodying his principle. Mm, and that's why when he gives you his word, yes. and you're walking with that word, the creation yes. now responds yes. to the word that you're carrying. Exactly. Now, I think it would be funny if I'm trying to talk to creation, yes. but I don't have a word. There you go. Because I think it is by saying, line up, yes. that makes things line up. Exactly. Not understanding it is his word. That's it. Hmm. So when God speaks to us, he's not just speaking to us, man. Yes. He's speaking to his creation too. So everything, both the citizen and the nation, is designed to be in obedience to the king. That's what is unique about the kingdom of heaven. Okay? Now, when the government moves, or when God speaks, his entire government speaks, what does that mean? It means when God speaks, creation backs his word. Because it was designed to respond to his word. So God speaks, yes. gives you an instruction. Yes. That instruction causes creation. And even on the other hand, exactly. creation is waiting yes. to hear his voice. Yes. The voice that created it. Exactly. We are waiting to respond. That's it. So if God tells you to go build an ark, the tree cannot mm. resist that process. Every resource required to build the ark. Yes. Response. When God says build an ark, the animals line up with that order mm. and enter the ark. Powerful. That's how massive this king's structure is. You see, when we think about human being leaders, we think of them as leading people. When you talk of God, you're talking about creation, including people. So that tells you just how serious this... In other words, prior to man coming in, creation obeyed him. Mm. So when man fell, creation never fell. Nope. So creation still knows yes. that we operate under the voice exactly. of our creator. And that is why it is interesting that it does not say creation is waiting for the word of the Lord. Mm. Wait for the sons. For the sons, because creation is in order. But it is not fulfilling its mandate because the sons are out of place. Creation is ready. That's when God says, I give you power to produce wealth. Wealth is ready. You are the one who is out of order. Mm, you are the one who needs to line up. Exactly. Wow. So when you talk about king, you're hearing this, yes. that the king shows up, his full authority shows up. Yes. Now, do you understand that when you look at the word and say that when I'm given an instruction, yes. when I carry out that instruction, yes. heaven backs it. Now you understand what we mean yes. by heaven backs that. Because we are simply saying that this is the word of the king. Yes. Creation has been waiting yes. to hear the voice of its creator. Exactly. And when you speak that word, yes. creation lines up. Exactly. Now, I need to say something here that is important. Okay. The king's authority does not reside in a document. A document can only represent the king's authority. Mm. Now let me explain that because it sounds like I'm twisting words. Let me explain it. When a document is written by a king or a leader or a president, 
There is no new word from the dictionary added to that document. Okay. The, the terms used in that document already pre-existed. Everything being said in that document is understood. But without the king's authority, that document has no meaning. So, when we say that we are taking from the Bible the word of God, the fact that you can read that by the word or the Bible or the scripture does not carry authority. Authority is in the one who sent you with the document. The document does not carry authority. Sometimes we replace God with the Bible. Sometimes even the Bible is more powerful. We, we revere it more than yes, we revere God. Exactly. It is the word of, of mm. God. The one who gives it power is not the word, the letters. The one who gives it power is the one who spoke and you captured it in letters. Notice how many times we even take the Bible and say this is the word. This word is powerful. No, this yeah. is the word of yes. God. If we remove God, yes. this is just and, and, a word and, and like any other word. to say, yeah. not every statement in the Bible is the word of God. Mm. I'll say that again. Not every statement in the Bible is the word of God. The word of God can be found in the Bible, mm -hmm. but the Bible in entirety is not the word of God. And that is what confuses when you find non-believers or the atheists yes. debating with Christians. Exactly. And where they are taking a word and saying, okay, this Bible says this. Do you believe the Bible is the word of God? <laughs> yes. Now it says this. Is yeah. that God? Uh -huh. Then you get stuck like, wait, that was not God. Yes. That was so and, and so. And this is what is important. Mm -hmm. So when somebody asks me, do you believe the Bible is the word of God? I say, no. And that sounds so atheist. <laughs> I say you have it wrong. The Bible contains the word of God and not everybody is skilled to access it. Mm. So among the other words in the Bible, because when Job says yes. God gives and God takes, that's Job's word. Exactly. But among the words of other men, yes. there's a word of God. Yes. Now you understanding that, wait a minute, when I go into the Bible, yes. I need to be led of the Spirit exactly. so that he can spotlight for me my Rema word. Yes. Now you cannot come and give us a Rema word and say, the devil said, bow down to me and worship me. <laughs> I mean, it's in really, the Bible, by the way. It's in the Bible. The devil it's said. It's in the Bible. went and hung himself. It is in the it Bible. It is in the Bible. So, is it the word so of God? So committing suicide is of God because it's in the Bible. That's where atheists get you. Because you take arguments that are outside Completely, of context. Because you don't understand and you argue the with king, his domain, mm -hmm. and history. So the Bible is a book of everything. It's a book of history. You can take it from there. Yes. And you'll get accurate history. Yes. It's a book of archaeology. You can mm -hmm. get information. And get it right. Yeah. It's a book of medicine. You can get information and get it right. That doesn't mean you found the word. Mm. Now let me explain why. You're reading the Bible. And the Bible you're reading says, And the word of the Lord came, came mm. to so and so, saying. That one you're reading now, that is the word of the Lord. The, the one that is being quoted. But the one you're reading is not the word of the Lord. So in the Bible, David went out. With Bathsheba. Yes. Now, Anethis tells you, now listen, it's in your Bible. So is this right to do because it's in oh, your Bible? Oh, oh, in the Bible, you know Abraham married many wives. So that is not the word of the Abraham. Lord. That is the culture of Abraham. Oh, guys. If we understand there's a difference between Logo and Rema. Yes. Where we say that Rema is that word which gives power. Yes. It's in the Bible. Yes. You will find it in the Bible. But in the same Bible, you will find human beings yes. who did wonders. Yes. Who did wonders. And if you come and say now, because it's in the Bible, we need to do it. Because it's in the Bible, we need to follow it. Abraham was cutting. 
in their days, they were cutting themselves yeah. in their worship. Do you want us to cut ourselves? It's in the Bible. Now, we know yeah. their culture. Yes. We know their, uh, their understanding. Exactly. So why would God rebuke Israel in the Bible if they are, everything in the Bible is what God said? The Bible is a book of truth, meaning it does not hide anything. Mm. Even the wrong. Even the wrong. God is, is not embarrassed. God is not hiding the truth. <laughs> He's telling us human life is like this. But inside that journey, look for me. Mm. See how I intervene in human oh. history. Look See at how, how I bring order I to love it. that. Yeah. Man is doing his own thing. Yes. Crazy thing. Yes. I intervene. I intervene. Now when I intervene, yes. do not take the whole activity of men and, and throw connect it to me. I love what you say that yeah. the Bible has history, yes. has medicine, yes. family matters. Yes. What you want to look for, you can find it in the Bible. And it is accurate. It will tell you when people messed up. It is accurate. It will tell you when people did well. It is accurate. It will tell you when people were angry with God. Mm -hmm. God is not afraid. Yes. See truth. But truth in human history doesn't always mean God's word. Then there is God's truth which overrides human history. Mm. So the Bible is a much more complex book. That You see, when you read it from where you think, you are judging it, you are putting it in correct order. <laughs> you are determining what it is saying. You've missed everything. You know, David said, eh? this woman had a husband. Yes. You go yes. kill her, the husband. God is not hiding it. It's in the Bible. Yes. Do we kill people's husbands so that we can take their wives? There you go. Guys, if you follow... Atheists. Yes. Because most so it's the atheists. Those are the stories they look for. You know these stories where you're like, why are you discussing that? But it doesn't do you know, help. Do you know why they look for it? Because mm -hmm. we told them the Bible was the word of God. Mm. So they can pick they can up use anything. it against you. Don't even debate it. Just stop and say, listen, inside the Bible is the word of God. I have access to it. You don't. So don't tell me what is in it. Mm. And you see also Simple. if I understand. So you are telling me that God is showing me the history of men. Yes. The bad. And the good, and how wicked and the man ugly. can be. And the ugly. And yet showing you in all that. I'm God. I'm I God, I can in. still step in, and I can still change those lives. That is the focal point. When I understand that God steps in, even when we have hmm. messed up, then we yeah. know he is a father. And we know that he is, his love cannot be described in exactly. a debate. Exactly. No one can come to debate God's love because somebody did this and somebody did that. Yes. To me, when I read the word of God, I see, look at all what men have done. Exactly. God has never given up. Exactly. God has never given so up. So how then do I interact with the Bible? Mm -hmm. I don't try to draw history from the Bible. I learn history from the Bible. Oh, say that again. <laughs> I'm not drawing history. Mm. I'm learning history. I am looking into the past and mm -hmm. seeing how God interacted with people within the context of their time. Using that, I am able to then take what God is telling me now and see how to interact with it in the now, not trying to repeat, to repeat what happened in history, but designing a new history in how I'm interacting with it now. So that people in the future can look back and in the history, listen, the Bible's history did not end in the Bible. The book of Hebrews says, they without us, who is us? did not complete. In other words, there's a journey still ongoing. Mm -hmm. That is the entire reality of what is there. The book is not closed. And we are asking, 
what they did. We are questioning what they did, debating yes. what they did. We are not asking ourselves, what are we doing? Yes. So the future generations can look back and say, you know what? Yes. Based on that, another generation came and did this. Exactly. Another generation came and did exactly. this. Exactly. Yeah? Now, why is this important? Because it is important to understand that the king's authority re resides in him, not in a document. Mm -hmm. Okay? That is why Jesus said, you guys say you understand the law. If you did, you would know me. What is he saying? You guys think the document defines me? No, I defined the document. See, I did not come to destroy the law. And we yes. normally think he's talking about the Ten Commandments. <laughs> he said, I came to fulfill the law. He says, listen, I created all the laws. You guys have created your versions of it. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm coming to bring clarity to what was meant, not what you created. Wow. Remember we are talking about the key? Talking about his kingdom yes. and how he operates in his kingdom. Yes. Now, a king's wealth is mm -hmm. measured by his prosperity. Exactly. You cannot say a king is great and not measure his prosperity. Mm -hmm. Now, and his property and what he owns. Why is that important? When Did David I say prosperity. Yes, his prosperity. Pro property. His property. I meant his property. property. <laughs> Let me say that is why David would say, I marvel at the stars. He's talking about the king's wealth. Mm. I marvel at creation. I marvel at this. I marvel at the wind. I marvel at the storm. That is his property. When you look at how those things operate, then you know how great he really is. So knowing God's greatness is not measured by what he did for us. Hmm. That's a very limited dimension. That's limited. Oh, you know God is great. Why? He did for me this. Surely that's such a measurement of God's greatness? You have no <laughs> idea. God's greatness is measured by what he owns now if you begin to understand what god owns you have to go back to what did he create mm -hmm. if you see what he created and understand what he owns that means anything in the material physical seen realm whether you have seen it or, or not. not belongs to him and that tells you so the the larger and richer and resource a kingdom is the wealthier the king mm. because the king owns everything in the kingdom so what does that mean it means that every human kingdom is owned by the kingdom of God. <laughs> How serious is that statement? Once you understand that reality, they may be living in rebellion in assumption. Mm, that they own their that kingdom. That they own anything. Okay. Truth is they don't. And they usually discover that they reach a peak where they are unable to do certain things. Mm. Then they realize they are not in ownership. There's still something higher. Beyond There's them. somebody higher than that. Yes. Okay. Why is this particular point important? Yeah. And how does it connect to our citizenship? Okay. It is because the wealth of the king, the wealth of his domain, the wealth of his resources and what he owns is what gives value to his citizenship. Why would you want to be a citizen of a nation? Mm. Yep. I mean, if, if, if I look at a nation and uh, what defines them is poverty and hunger, I will not even wish exactly. to be part of that. And exactly. if I'm already in such a country, I'll wish to get out. Yes. Wow. That tells us something, and this is the crucial thing that we were trying to journey into when you asked the question, why is it important to be a kingdom Citizen. Citizen. Please don't lose track. This is in the last recording. Oh, yes. That was the question we are still answering. Mm. Why is it important to be a kingdom citizen? Because, you know, we talked about a king's wealth is measured by what he owns. But a king's prosperity is measured, is measured by the status of his citizens. Mm. 
Now that is the most profound activity. Let me put it this way. In the natural realm, if we are being honest, a father's wealth is measured by what he owns. But his prosperity is measured by the status of his children. Mm. But now we are talking about the ideal father. The not authentic. the fallen father who decides I'm um, still. Authentic. Yes. Even the fallen father we normally say, for a man who is so wealthy, <laughs> how can his children be yes. in this so, uh, state? Children... Something tells us. Oh yes, I get it. Something tells us mm -hmm. that we should be seeing that reality in the sons. Exactly. So now remember we are talking about our kingdom. Yes. Our king who is God. Yes. Now if you say that the citizens are supposed to be the measurement of his prosperity. Yes. What are we saying, guys? What are we saying? <laughs> Why is the world querying our king? Because <laughs> they when they us. meet the citizens, <laughs> they say any great king, any powerful king, any wealthy king who has poor citizens <laughs> cannot be trusted. Oh. It's as simple as that. So this God you are telling me that he has given you power to create wealth but when I look at you uh, before and during this season yes. you don't seem to you tell me carry anything that shows that you are the son of this we God. We say it, we sing it. Our God is good. Oh, Our yes. God is faithful. Oh, yes. Our God is all power. We say all it glory. It. All honor hmm. to our God and our King. Yes. Fine. Then we say, are you his son? Yes. Yes. Is this how he treats you? Mm, I'm not interested in that. I don't want kingdom. his glory. I don't want his honor. Mm. I don't want his So we misrepresent power. this kingdom. Simple. And why? Okay, fine. Let's go back to our question where we said, fine, yes. you want to understand what is this kingdom citizen. Yes. Based on all these things that we have defined now, yes. how do we come to that point of misrepresenting the king? Exactly. Because mm -hmm. number one, when you have this lie, that the environment we live in does not belong to him. That's the first problem we have. So I see myself as a stranger here yes. because my home is there. Exactly. So you've limited your king's domain to up there. To somewhere in heaven that is immaterial. Oh. There's no material there. Wow. Yet you claim that it is material. Think about it. Hmm. You talk about a heavenly mansion. So you believe there's a house somewhere out there. But you do not query who created this realm. So you are willing to hand over this realm to the enemy who didn't create it and say one day you will have your greatness in that other realm. So you're telling God what you created, your creation project failed. Can you imagine talking with uh, anybody from any other religion Yes. and they ask you, okay, talk to us about this religion, where this thing you believe so much. And you say, you know what? We can suffer here in the earth, but when you go to heaven, we have a mansion, we have streets of gold, and somebody's looking at you and saying, really? Really? So what difference, I mean, does it make to serve your king here? So why are you here? Die. No, 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 here you are dying yes. to go and enjoy those things. Yes. What kind of a father is that? What kind of a king is that? Somebody else is telling you, I don't know your God. Yes. But how I'm living here, do you realize this is the things, how I'm living is your prayer life. Yes. You want something from this God. Listen, you, 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 you've reached this level where instead of ownership, you want to be a refugee. So what does a refugee oh. do? 
A refugee only expects food and shelter. Not, not much. From That's the it. land where they are foreigners. Mm. They expect to be protected, but they don't expect to own anything. So, in, in your mind, when you're, not a, when you're a kingdom citizen, you, you see, this is where we are warped. We think we are citizens of another place. We say, this world is not our home. Where in scripture is that? <laughs> we say, oh, they, they lived as foreigners. Where? In the land they were in because they were going to develop another land that was greater. In the earth. In the earth. They were not going anywhere up there. Listen, the Bible says, and Abraham looked for a city, not for an exit, hmm. for a city whose maker and builder is God. And what did he begin to do? To travel. He should have waited for an exit to heaven. You know the funny thing I'm thinking as you're talking this, there's somebody watching you and saying, so are you saying you're not going to heaven? Leave heaven alone and first of all Let's not even heaven. debate heaven. Heaven is there. We will go there. Closed chapter. Let's work here. In fact, I know Why? what you say. Mm -hmm. Why are we talking about heaven? Yeah. Who gave us a mandate to discuss heaven? And you discuss heaven with so much authority that if somebody tells you, you're not going to heaven, there are no streets of gold, there are no hmm. mansions. Now, you will take so much effort to convince me there are mansions and everything. Now, stop that and start convincing me how you're supposed to be a citizen here, prospering and being successful. So, so I have a question. Whose home is this world? And why are we here then? If, if this world is not your home, whose, whose? home is it? Is there another creation? That God created this up for the Bible is clear. And the yeah. highest heavens belong to God, not to you. But the earth <laughs> He has given to the sons. So why do you want to men. go to heaven that does not belong to us? The highest heavens belong, belong to God. The earth, He, the same God who owns the heavens, has given to the sons of men. So He still <laughs> owns that same earth, but He has given it to the sons of men men. Alright? Now when you get to understand that, then you begin to understand something strange. Jesus knew our problem. So what did he say? Let me teach you your focal prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is where? Here. Here. <laughs> he could have said, let's go to the kingdom of heaven. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven has come meaning where is its authority here so from that primary mindset is when you realize if the kingdom of heaven is here then the king of that kingdom says he owns everything then my citizenship should be a reflection of that kingdom so a wealthy prosperous citizen is a reflection of a wealthy king so in effect if the citizens are poor, the king is seen as a poor king. If citizens are prosperous, the king is seen as a wealthy king. Even in natural order of fallen men, why do we have political upheaval in nations? Mm -hmm. We have political upheaval in nations because there seems to be a disconnect between the status of the kings 
and the status of the citizens. citizens. And I think also, when you talk about the kingdom citizens here, yes. when you come to talk to me and tell me you want me to get born again and you're yes. really preaching to me this stuff, when I look at you, I'm feeling like, no, there's nothing I'm admiring. And you know what? That is the one thing we as Christians should address. Yes. Let not wait for somebody out there to say. And what happens now? The people who get born again, they're either threatened into the kingdom yes. or cheated yes. that... Uh, your t troubles will be taken away. Exactly. So we have two people who are coming in. Absolutely. So when we talk about um, soul winning, yes. soul winning is not going to threaten people, yes. tell them they will go to hell if they don't, asking somebody, what if I leave you now and you get an accident? What will happen? <laughs> Stop those things. Be a citizen, be prosperous. People, first of all, see out. They see you external. That's it. Not the kingdom you're talking about. Listen, the reality of the entire journey, if Jesus is the king that yes. we say he is, mm -hmm. if he was a born king, king, even when he decided to walk among us, he did not give up his status as king. Mm. He just showed us how authentic and genuine this king is that he wants to bring you to his status. Mm. All right? Secondly, if I listened to his teaching, I did not see him point me to heaven. I saw him use the natural order of his own creation to explain to me how the kingdom works. So the kingdom of heaven is seen everywhere around us. It is expected to be here. That tells me that if I'm not able to function as a kingdom citizen now, I can't go around trying to push an agenda of what is unproven. Hmm, something I've not experienced. I have not experienced, I have so no proof of. So you're simply saying that now, it should land to most yes. people who are watching now. When we say that God wants you to live well, not for you. Yes. You are spoiling his name. You're giving a bad reputation of this kingdom mm. by being in poverty. Yes. God is telling you, I am giving you power. My power is God to, to you so that you can prosper. Why do I exactly. want you to prosper? It is part of kingdom yes. citizenship. You need to be in prosperity, not in poverty. Let's be honest. Even in the fallen here, democracies of men, there are certain nations that everybody desires to be a citizen of. Mm -hmm. Why? You'll do anything to change your citizenship, to get that citizenship. Because life for that citizen is amazing. Mm. That's the kingdom. And you cannot say that you guys are being materialistic. You guys are pushing the issues of things too much. And then you tell, I ask you, what are your prayer points? Number one, I want money for rent. I want money for food. No, and I want school fees. And I want what? Notice all those things are the ones you are calling materialistic. Okay. How warped our minds as Christians? Because we were lied to by religion. Mm -hmm. We were lied to by everybody else. But our kingdom is not here. But in the place you're being told your kingdom is not, it's where you it live. requires you to live, to pay bills, to pay, so, to pay, to pay. So are you saying we have a king who abandoned us? Oh, maybe he came and left us here. Left us here to suffer. And then he tells you. For and he said, you fight through everything. Find your way home. Find your way home. When you come home, it shall always be okay. And I hope there are new people who are tracking today's conversation. There's a question we always ask. Now, if God is our king, the one who created the heavens and the earth, now, do we believe he lives in heaven? Yes. Do we believe that heaven where he lives is good? Yes. Do we believe there are no tears and there are no sorrows in that place? Yes. Do we believe we have mansions and Let us gold? Yes. Yes. Do we believe that it is the most peaceful place to be? Yes. Do you want to go there? 
Yes, I want. Now? No. no. Why? Why don't you want to go? Why is it now when you are traveling you have to do mercy journey prayers? Because I don't want to die. But you, to, you refuse to die to go to that place. To be that protected from what? That place you have a mansion. That place there are streets of gold. You don't want to go. That tells you there is something inside of man that tells you this is where you belong. Why do you want to be protected here and it is not your home? Why don't you just go? Why don't you just, in fact, as we journey, you should, you should be saying, you know what, guys, as I'm going on this journey, I may not come back. I'm heading home. Why not? Why do we pray, Lord, keep us? Keep you from what? Keep go us home. Long, with long life, satisfy us. In Why? a place that you're not calling home, guys. In a place where you're saying it is not good, it is not, there are sorrows, there are tears, yes. there's sickness and disease, but you're saying, keep me here. Why would you want long life here? Here. Nah, something inside of you tells you I'm not supposed to be exiting I'm supposed to be prospering here and the Bible says occupy till I come I know there's something inside of me that he left me that tells me stay in the earth prosper increase Listen, until I come in his own words he said whoever believes in me in who in the king and his kingdom and his authority and his resources and his ownership whoever believes in me will have not will go to a place will have everlasting life meaning the quality of life of my kingdom here in the earth that is it so it is important for a king for his people to prosper oh yes that is why john tells you beloved i wish above all things that you, that prosper. you prosper being helped even as your soul prospers that is kingdom citizenship mm. but what does the enemy do Yes. He blinds you yep. into the life of God. Mm -hmm. He keeps you away from the life of God. Yes. Or rather, he blinds you from the life of God. Uh -huh. You do not see yes. the life of God yes. necessary in the earth. Mm -hmm. And that's why we are talking about kingdom citizenship. Yes. I would not want to be a kingdom citizen when you're telling me that kingdom is where we come and suffer, <laughs> where we are persecuted, where trouble follows us, and we all go looking for trouble. And we say our king is greater than everything else. Then I have to keep saying, Lord, you're great. You are good. And I can't see that goodness in my life and anywhere around me. Simple. Guys, something is wrong. There's a way we have misrepresented our kingdom. Yep. There's a way we have misrepresented yep. our kingdom. Now, there's another thing here we need to talk about. The king's name is the essence of his authority. The king's name. Now, please... The king's name is not Jesus. Mm. The king's name is not Emmanuel. The term king's name here is the king's essence, his authority, his description. Everything that, let me put it this way, it's a better term. The correct term here is the king's reputation. Mm. Is the essence of his authority. Yes. Meaning, when we said he owns everything, that means... His name is great. When he says he has all power, it means his name is powerful. Do you get where I'm going with this? Yes. So his name is his essence. The, the, the principle of a king's name is the essence of his authority. is very interesting. Why is that a big deal? It's a big deal because in the, in the essence of how kings operate, their name, which is also their authority, which is also their reputation, which is also their power, can be delegated. Mm -hmm. That's where the name now becomes a big deal. Now let's go back to where this discussion on kingdom interpretation began. We spoke about Jesus saying something very interesting. 
when you spoke about um, you've missed the time of your visitation, your Kairos, Kairos, then he says, until you say, blessed is he who comes in the, the name. name. Meaning, until I send someone with my delegated authority, mm. and you receive them as if you received my authority, you will not access what my authority brings to you. Mm. You begin to see the power yeah. of that. It means that human governments have copied this. Where you send an ambassador, an ambassador is addressed with the same title as, as the one who sent him. Yes. That is the name he has gone in. He as the ambassador as a person does not have the authority if he was on his own. But the name he has been given allows him to speak like the government speaks. So when you hear a an ambassador make a statement, he used to say, he would say, the position of my government. Please notice the term is you. Not my position. No. Of my government. It's, it's as if he owns it. Mm -hmm. Is this. And that position is backed by the government that sent him. Okay. So when he is sent in the name, he is already fully aware of the authority and the limits of that authority. Mm. Okay? So a king can delegate his authority to anyone he pleases to act on his behalf. That's what we call sent ones. And the problem now, sorry yes. to cut you here, yeah. the problem is where the Christians come and tell you, mm. this is what I think. There you go. You know what? This is what I think. I don't believe that word anyway. Yes. Even though the Bible says this, this is not what, I don't believe that's what the word says. Exactly. Not talking about your word, a no. man's word. No, the Bible. I yes. don't believe this is what the Bible meant. Yes. And you know what? I don't even know if this word said this. You're like, wait, are you telling me you're representing a country yes. where you are now reinterpreting? Who authorized you to reinterpret? Wow. Who authorized you to, to change the, 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 the government's mm. decree into an opinion? Is that not us? Is that not Christians? You'll sit with a Muslim and start saying, no, 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 no. That's not, I don't believe it. It's not about that. You're, not, you're talking as me. Yes. This is what I believe. This is what I know. This is what I was taught and I believe it. It's not what the king says. Yes, and let's show you one of the strangest things about when a king delegates authority. He allows a level of autonomy. Now let me explain this very carefully because this is sometimes where we go wrong. When, when a king delegates authority, he delegates it within the knowledge that the person has been delegated to has certain mannerisms, has certain skills, has certain abilities, and God will allow that authority to be filtered through that reality. Mm. Now let me explain it this way. Again, we go back to the discussion we've had in the other recording, Episodes, yeah. where we spoke about Paul meeting the disciples of John. When the first delegated authority was given, this is what the king said, tarry a while in Jerusalem and wait for the promise, which was the Holy Spirit. What did they do? They decided to, to sit in an upper room. He didn't say tarry in an upper room. They were allowed to determine where, as long as they did not change the, the essence of the command. Okay. All right? And they stayed there until it happened. Now, Later on, there's another sent one with delegated authority called Paul. He did not need to take John's disciples to an upper room. Mm. He could lay hands on them and still get the same decree, the same thing in the name of the Lord. He came in the name of the Lord. He came with the authority delegated that he could lay hands on people and they receive. And heaven backed him, yes. even though he was not in an upper room. 
even though he did not gather them for a number of days, mm -hmm. even though he just bumped into them, literally, they met. <laughs> and when they met, he could activate that delegated authority. Look and at the issue, the, the, the using of handkerchiefs. Yes. You see, most people think that, you know, Paul had this model where he would say, you know what? I want to pray for the sick and um, bring me handkerchiefs, I pray for them, go lay hands. No, no, no. If you read the story properly, it says that Paul was busy speaking, teaching, laying hands on the sick. There are people who came to see him and realized we can't get him to go. So they came up with an idea. They said, Paul, why don't you pray for the handkerchiefs? The handkerchiefs and when we go and lay hands, people will be healed. They used delegated authority. It was not a formula. It was not an idea. Mm -hmm. So we don't go copying people's delegated behavior of an authority and think the behavior is where the power lies. Mm. So you're saying, as a sent one, you can now say, this is what I am called to do. Yes. This thing, the essence, I'm not changing. Yes. But the way I do it is according to my I mean, we character meet on Wednesday. and my mannerism. <laughs> we yes. meet on Wednesday evening. Yes. And Wednesday is not special. God did not say, by the way, I call it yes. thou Listen, to meet on Wednesdays. I did not receive a word mm. from God that said, initially, meet on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Yes. I did not get a word from God that said, live stream at 8 p.m. Mm -mm. I got a word that said, give this word to this the people. This is the word. So you sit down and ask, who are the people? Where are they? What is the most convenient way to get to them? What is the most convenient medium to use to get to them? That God allowed me to do. So there's nothing special in live streaming on 8 p.m. on Wednesday. There's <laughs> nothing unique that if you copy that time, something will happen. There's something else. God will never come and tell you, on Wednesday, I want you to call the message Kingdom Interpretation Part 3. He never 3. does. How is you? You come up with a title. There's you know? delegated authority. What is important is I want this truth to go. Mm. So there is a truth, there is yes. a word. When we say there is a proceeding word yes. that God say God gives you yes. to take out. When you come and say, I want somebody to go and tell Elijah, go to the mountain and meet you there. Yes. That's the message. That's the message. Whether you come flying or running rolling, or walking or dancing. God tells you that's what yes. you can choose to do. That's up to you. Now the problem is when you get stuck on the Formula. Activity. How somebody does it. Mm. Oh, if, if we sit two of us and have a conversation, that's the key. Yes. No, it's the content. It's not how we sit. Today, whether, whether today I'm alone yeah. or we are together, yeah. or whether we sit or we stand, whether we shoot in which part of this room, Delegated authority. That one you can do how you God want. God allows you to, to be yourself. Mm. He allows you to experiment, to have good ideas, to have exciting ideas. Just do not dilute his oh. content. <laughs> that's powerful. Don't dilute. Don't Whatever dilute you do here, the activities you yes. do, make sure you don't dilute. And don't do anything in the activity that steals the glory from the content. Mm. You get the difference? Do not, sorry, do not become the, 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 the point. The center of attraction. In other words, God sent me, and I'm talking more about me than the sent. Mm. Yeah. You get God gave me a word as an apostle, and I'm focusing on apostle, not on the word he gave me. So when he says that, when I send my word, yes. I will draw men to myself. Yes. When men are drawn to the word that God has given us, yes. we do not mistake that men are drawn to us. Exactly. The now, men are drawn to the word. Yes, and when I deliver the word properly, it is not robbed of any of its power. Hmm. 
you, be, you begin to enjoy the benefits of the kingdom. I love that. That the king yes. can ha give delegated, delegated authority, authority to the citizens. And when we talk about the issue of that name, name is a big thing in the Bible. Name is not only character. Name is not only power and authority. Name is also reputation. Now, the word reputation has, has got a very strange term in the Bible. And that's where we always miss it. The word reputation in the Bible is the word glory. <laughs> you know, we think glory is a cloud. Mm. No. Glory is reputation. So the Bible says that the knowledge of the glory of God shall cover the earth, not the heavens. As the waters cover the, the sea. sea. Do you think God wants to cover the earth with a cloud? <laughs> Just the knowledge of the glory. That really tells you something very interesting. Yes. Knowledge of the glory. That means glory is something that can be known. The knowledge of the glory. Yep. The knowledge of the reputation of the king shall cover the earth. Mm. So there are men and women who exactly. will walk in a accurate representation of the king and that's what will cover the earth. It will make the king known. When people see you, they will want to know him. Yes. And if it says as the waters cover the sea, we're not talking about water surface. We're talking about water depth. Mm. Now if you take surface plus depth, it is more than the material dimensions of the earth. We are on a journey. That's why we call it a kingdom journey. Because for us to get to that point yes. where my life in its depth yes. and expanse, you can Speaks see... Speaks of him. Oh, guys, there's a way. There's the a knowledge way of the glory. This. Yeah. So, any genuine king, and the only one is God, mm -hmm. is one who wants his citizens to be happy, prosperous, content, and have status. That's our father. And that's what we want. If you look at all our prayers... They are bound, they are all bound in that. Yes. If you are to check what is binding or yes. if you are to open up our prayers, exactly. we are looking for happiness, for prosperity, we want contentment, and we want to be these people who say, you know what, my father, exactly. you see me, my father. You remember Jesus using an example in Matthew 6 when he says, even Solomon in all his, his glory. glory. What does he mean by Solomon's glory? Solomon's reputation. And what was Solomon's reputation? Go back and study the Queen of Sheba. The Bible says when she went to visit him, notice, I want you to see the journey. The Bible says she saw his servants. So. That is part of his glory. Okay. She saw the food on his table. Go and see the description. She saw the way his servants were dressed. Mm -hmm. Dressing of his servants. You forget their formation. Quality of dressing of Solomon's servants. <laughs> then she saw the quality of food at his table. And then she saw, with all that, how he ascended to worship his God. And the Bible says, and there was no spirit left in her. Now, before you fully decode what I'm saying, at that point in time, she was the wealthiest monarch in the region. Mm. And the reason she had to come, she heard about a monarch who was greater than her, in wealth and in wisdom. So she had to go and see for herself. She then says... The stories I was told, even those do not capture the reality. And now we take that story yes. and emphasize how he yes. went up to worship his God. We miss the journey. We miss, wait a minute, when she walked in, she saw, she saw, she saw. 
Yes. And he saw. And for the queen of Sheba mm -hmm. to marvel at the servant's clothes. Please, it's not a, this is not a peasant marveling at design. Mm. This is somebody who is used to quality. So they can recognize quality. And so, you see the journey. Yeah, talking about citizens and saying they need to be happy, yes. they need to be prosperous, yes. they need to be content because of the status and quality of life that reflect their father that they are living on in the earth. Yes. You said something, mm. and this is something we need to handle here, mm. that everyone has a barometer of what they call waste level. Yes. Now, can we talk about waste level based on what we are talking about? Yes. Because there are many people who would be like, Solomon was wasteful. Exactly. That money should have been given to the poor. Exactly. <laughs> in fact, it's good you use that statement because Jesus himself had an interaction with that mentality, mm -hmm. with Judas. The story is told about the woman who came and broke the very expensive perfume. The Bible goes out of its way to say, expensive perfume. It was so expensive that Judas tells us it would have fed the poor. Now please question yourself. How one bottle of perfume can feed the poor to the level that Judas <laughs> thinks Jesus is being wasteful. So that was Judas' waste level. Yes. <laughs> that was his waste level. Yes. Yet the Bible goes and decodes it a little further, says mm. the reason he said that is because he stole. Now, now let me explain something <laughs> interesting about the kingdom of God. So Judas is a thief, okay? So he steals and does not affect Jesus' ministry. And Jesus never anywhere cited him for being a thief. <laughs> Yet Jesus knew he was a thief. How else is that in scripture? Mm -hmm. That tells us that Jesus didn't even consider him stealing waste. There was always more than enough. Okay? Now, the term we use waste level is, use the entire journey we've been following. Yeah. And think of it this way. If you believe that God cannot provide, if you believe that what is around you and what you've been able to gather is what there is, what will you consider waste? Mm. Mm. Right? If you come, remember what we've discussed so far, mm -hmm. all the conversations we've been having and where we've come from. If in your mind, in your activities, in your understanding of the material realm, you came from a place that you did not see God as the owner of everything. You did not see value in what is around you. You did not have a concept of wealth and you've struggled to access what you have by your strength and you can see it's not enough mm -hmm. to meet even your most basic needs. What will be your concept of waste? So there's this person who has <clears throat> struggled to get something yes. and they have their barometer of waste level. Exactly. We have somebody else who seemingly has what everybody else is looking for. Yes. They have their barometer yes. also. You know? Now what happens when you journey like that, we were also cultured in our families. Yes. Because of the journeys our parents may have gone through in terms of provision and luck and so on, they created a mantra. And this mantra went like this. Be careful to finish that food. There are many who do not have so, so, so the mentality was you should finish it because others have no access to it. Mm. So you, you, you are fed this picture. A picture of great luck in the earth mm. and you are lucky to have to something. something. And so be grateful for what you have and don't waste it. Meaning, eat it 
all. So within that same environment, greed is being developed. <laughs> Finish it. Because many times when you're being told that is because you had eaten what you felt was your fill. And you didn't feel like eating anymore. You're being told you better finish it because there are many who are lacking and almost being told eat for your future. And it will come <laughs> when you're not like a camel. Yeah. You see, the principle is that mentality stays with you. I think on a light note, I will say this here. Yes. That's if I tell him, even now, I normally tell him something. Uh, this is jokingly. Oh? Yes. I'll tell him, can you finish everything? Stop leaving food. You're the one who served yourself. Yes. You tell me, and then I'll tell him. You know, there are so many people out there in the world who are starving and you're not finishing your food. He'll ask me, can I pack it? You take to them. I mean, <laughs> Since that's how seen, I broke yeah. for me from... Uh, it comes from childhood. Yeah, and that's how you break it. Yes, because the question is, what are you going to do about them? Do you know who they are? You are also assuming they are there. Mm. Do you know where they are? Mm. And what are you doing for that? And, and how mm -hmm. does that relate to my not finishing food? So, you're saying that when you talk about waste level, yes. it's based on mostly our yes. upbringing. Where somebody fed you with information of how there is lack in the earth. Exactly. There's not enough. Yes. Now, when you talk about um, waste level, yes. you said that there are some people who will say, I'm going to this place. Yes. Now, I can choose to fly or drive. Mm -hmm. Now, my waste level is there's no way I will fly. Exactly. That is expensive and it's a waste of money. Exactly. Let me drive. Exactly. So, it's not about just food. It mm. is somebody else who will not fly. Somebody else who will say, listen, I'm taking my family for holiday in this beautiful place. Yeah. But you know what? I can't go business class. That's waste. Do you realize that somebody flying? So, waste levels are not measured with I have food or I don't have food. Yes. No. In fact, the, the, if we were to give this statement, waste level, a phrase or a way to capture it, would say it basically means to what you refer to as wasting money or resources when it comes to spending on yourself, your family, or your friends. Mm. That's mm. the primary idea. Yeah. Whenever it comes to it's time to spend on yourself, what do you, you have a struggle, waste? what do you call waste? When it comes to spend on your family, what do you call waste? When it comes to spend on your friends, what do you call waste? And that has to do with things like food, clothes, furniture, travel, or even giving. This is not to be mistaken with spending more than or what you do not have. This is not what we're talking about. We're not talking about somebody who has limited resources and is trying to push an agenda in the name of not wasting. No. This is about a mental block that makes you imagine that spending what you can actually afford is a waste of money. And every person, depending yes. on wherever you are in society. Yes. Yes, something you call waste level and there's yes. something you can afford but you call it waste yes. level. So it's up to you to say, wait a minute, there are some things I have said. Yes. I can never do this because exactly. this is waste. Now remember, this is now a combination of the gigashite yes. and the ferrisite and hitite. They come in yep. together. Where they are saying, listen, fear, yes. if I do this waste level, exactly. I will miss. Yes. Or <clears throat> perizite, I can never do that. Yeah. That is not for me. I want to live in smallness. So, so remember, we're talking about what you can actually afford but you don't do because you're calling it waste of money in other words there is that shoe you can actually afford it mm. but in your mind buying that shoe you start feeling guilty i remember when we started breaking this quite yes. a, a number of years ago yes we said we shall not go into a shop and look for the sale corner exactly explain yes you see <laughs> there's this idea that you are saving okay so you generally, always, 
are looking for the deal, <laughs> the savings. 25% off. Listen, <laughs> I don't hate sales, but sales can become a prism. Mm. Okay? There's nothing wrong with when you are aspiring towards something above your current income and you find it at a good price. Please notice the difference. In my current status, I would have considered this expensive. Okay? But I found it at a discount I can afford. That's a good sale. Mm -hmm. But not when I have money, but I'm still going to look for the cheapest version. Now that is a trap. And the problem is, you, we were brought up with the mentality of withhold mm. instead of release. Yes. Okay? And we were taught that that was wisdom. Now let me say something that, that might be a bit uh, hard to take, but this is the truth. <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. Withholding teaches you to be fearful and holding and selfish. Mm. Okay? Mm. Now, it does not promote growth. It never has. No withholder grew. Oh by withholding. <laughs> Nobody has never happened. Amusingly, even the institutions that promote savings. Now here I'm going to talk a bit about these institutions. Okay. I will not mention them, you all know what they are. That promote savings are the very institutions that need your so-called savings to make profit. So they don't save. It's you. <laughs> it's your savings. Your savings are their capital. Mm. But they tell you, you need to do what? Save. Truth is, in your head, psychologically, you assume that when you've saved, the money is kept in a locked room. Mm. Truth be told, they need your savings, otherwise they will not function. Mm. Now, the truth is, that same mentality is what we've had for years. We think that we are saving, I'm going for the sale. Listen, start, if you always look for sales, you will struggle to look for investment. Because mm. you will not know how to, to step out how to take what is called a risk, which is not really a risk, which is a calculated faith move, to grow. You will not step out beyond your boundary and you will be limited because you've been given the illusion of a bright future while having a miserable present. Mm. No different from the idea of heaven one day, but the earth chaos. So your life is actually a micro version of that illusion. The illusion that says one day in heaven you will be yes. fine. So you're told that you suffer now so that you'll have a good future. Listen, majority of the people I met who've suffered now are still suffering. The future they were saving for never came. The future they were preparing for never came. You know why? Because while you've reached almost that place, the world hits a calamity. And everything you saved is collected because you're saving for a rainy day. You're not saving yeah. for a sunny day. You see the difference? Now, let me explain something that is amazing on a bit of research we've done. Psychologists now agree that the happier you are, the more productive you actually become. That's interesting. Oh, yes. So when you tell yourself, be miserable for now, you'll be happy later, it's not happening. You'll reproduce after your own kind. Mm. But producing sad memories will never create a bright future. Never. Again. Producing, yes, producing on a daily level sad memories because today will be your memory tomorrow. Mm, and if it is sad, it will not empower a great future. Wow. Never. In fact, actual research by Oxford University, and they studied a multinational telecoms company, mm -hmm. huge company. 
and they discovered by testing mm. that happiness caused 13% more productivity in the staff. Mm. Mm. Imagine 13% more productivity in a telecoms firm. That is in billions. It is also proven that this is cyclic. So it means if I'm happy, I produce more. If I produce more, I am happy. I'm happier. <laughs> <laughs> and this becomes my cycle. If I am sad, I produce less. So if I'm hoarding, and yes. I'm always looking out for this uh, rainy day, yes. I'm sad, Yes. I don't produce, yes. I don't break through, yes. I don't increase, exactly. and this becomes my cycle. A hoarder is always aware of what they don't have. Oh. Hmm. Always aware yeah. of what is lacking because what did you resist to get? Mm. So you are aware you don't have it. There's a mentality we have to break. Yes. Remember we've already broken cycles. Yes. But this now when you're in this place of power to create wealth, you could be coming in now with another mentality. Yes. That this is here just for a short time. Hmm. So when I get it, let me hold. Exactly. Let me just uh, amass. Yes. Let me just come to this place of just gathering. Now imagine you're a hoarder, yeah. which means you're always depriving yourself okay yeah in the name of a greater future, future yes so you're always unhappy because mm. depriving yourself cannot bring joy oh yes oh yes. cannot bring peace so you're always irritable you're always angry you're always offended before long you have less and less and less mm. now let me because i like my research the harvard business review business review did a research on businesses and discovered that unhappy people, not only are they less productive, that means if you're unhappy, you're less productive. That one you should know by now. Oh, yes. The day you are unhappy at home, how much do you actually produce? Mm. And not only less productive, they are a cost for companies. In fact, they did a study in something called the Queen's School of Business. Mm -hmm. And this was then followed by the Gallup organization. I think if you know Gallup, are the people who do polls. They did a study and they discovered that disengaged workers, unhappy workers, have 37% higher absenteeism. 37% miss, missing work. 49% more accidents at work. And 60% more errors and defects. That is terrifying. It means if you have unhappy workers, they are costing you money. And a lot of it. They are destroying things. They are breaking things. So if you see workers breaking things, it is not that they have got faulty fingers. It's not that they are accident prone. They are prone. just not happy. They are unhappy. And why are you unhappy? Because you've been depriving yourself. Sometimes, do not see buying yourself the new shoe or buying your children or taking them somewhere as waste. See it as investment. I think also when you think of humans, yes. we were created to be appraised. Yes. To be rewarded. Exactly. So when I do something and I buy myself something, I feel like I'm rewarding myself for what I've done. Exactly. Which makes me happier. Exactly. Yeah? You want to accomplish things. You want to feel something benefited. So listen, when we say that you must shift your level of waste, two items of importance. The yeah. first one, we're not talking about you trying to live above your means, but we are saying you not living below your means. Don't undervalue yourself. When you live below your means, yeah. you will continue reducing. Because mm. mm. that's what the devil wants. He yes. wants to compress you to this dome yes. where you now live in a place where you say, I'm exactly. going to heaven. That's yes. the only place I can get a relief. Yes. You know? And you know what happens? You begin to be offended by everybody who has. 
and you 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 comfort yourself by calling them wasteful and you also comfort yourself by waiting for their crash because they are wasteful hmm. Finally, I'll ask a question. they don't crash yeah but i'll ask a question here yeah. when you're calling others wasteful mm. and you're hoarding you should be saving Yes. Because you're holding. Yeah, you should be doing better. You're not buying and wasting money on the things other people yes. waste money on, according to you. Yes. Does your generosity increase? Do you increase? <laughs> that's a better You'll question. find you don't even become generous because you, you can say, by the way, when it comes to generosity, that's a kingdom principle. That one I do very well. The things of this world, yes. I don't do. Yes. Now, which one do you do? You don't have a kingdom principle that you say I I live on a kingdom model, yes. a financial model. Yes. Neither do I live on a Babylonian exactly. one or anything. I want you to do your own experiment. Yeah. Go and look at people you consider to be wasteful, and notice something funny. They never stop being wasteful. wasteful. Isn't that interesting? Somehow they always seem to have to be wasteful, and you're waiting for that major crash that you never see. And look at the people who are careful, and let us see how well they do. Those who are not wasteful. See how they're always cynical? Mm. They're always querying everybody. There's a bitterness. There's a bitterness. There's an offense. Because there's this, you cannot plant lemons and expect oranges. So you're always withholding, but you're waiting for the withholding to do things for you. Magic. There's a, word, there's a statement you always make. You yeah. used to make up. You've not made it in a long time also. Yeah. Nature abhors a vacuum. A vacuum. Nature abhors a vacuum. God designed nature to be filled. The strangest thing. The statement, remember the king makes the rules? When the king says, to him who gives, he increases. To him who withholds, even what he has, he loses. It is a law, mm. not a, an opinion. Yes, a law. I always say nature above the vacuum. There is, I have not yet a, met a giver who is always releasing, who runs out of what to give. Mm. It's strange. And if you look at a tree and it has mangoes, and it decides to hold on to them, they're That's not it. going to fall. Even if you shake that tree to not, nothing it. will fall, yes. they will rot. And the tree will die. And the tree will die. They will rot. It yes. will not say, by the way, last season, I didn't give away my thousand mangoes. This season I have an, an extra exactly. thousand. No, the thousand rot. Yes. And, so, and because it yeah. gave away their thousand, mm -hmm. it will give away another thousand. It will. It will. Nature we are looking for anything to explain <laughs> that, guys, there's something called waste level. Yes. What is your waste level? What is it that you consider doing this is waste? Exactly. What is it that you know I can afford, but I'm not going to do it because mm. it is waste. Now that you've not been doing it, yes. has this other level increased? What, what have you saved? Oh. What have you changed? What have you changed? Do you realize what you kept is what you still have? Mm. Exactly what you kept. Citizens of the kingdom. That's the reality. The king's law says what? Yes. The more you give, yes. the more you get. Exactly. The kingdom law. Remember we're talking about a king who says that my word is law. Yeah. And I have already said, when you hold, yes. even what you have will go. Yes. When you give, you increase. You Absolutely. increase. Is there more to say about that? I, th I guess this is what, <laughs> where I would leave you. Increase your ability to give to yourself. Hmm. Increase your ability to give to your family. Hmm. Increase your ability to give to your friends. And watch God amazingly show you that because you've begun that journey, it is in his interest for you to have more, hmm. for your friends to benefit more from you, family to benefit more from you, and for your friends to benefit more from you. You know what then happens? They begin also to believe in the reality of abundance. 
and they begin to happen like you. You become the delegated authority going in his name. Mm. Can you imagine that. the Bible telling you, love others as you love yourself? That's it. Now, if you don't love yourself, finished. You'll not be able to love other people. And maybe you wonder, when it comes to generosity, I'm unable to give. No, it's because you are unable to give to yourself. Exactly. So start by giving to yourself so that you can learn how to give unto others. Yes. Start learning how to give to your family. There are other people who can give to everybody else. Except But themselves. to their children or to their wife or husband, that's a waste of money. There you go. You have to ask yourself, with all things we've talked about, what's the barometer? What, yeah. How does it read? Yes. Your waist level barometer. Yes. How does it read? Absolutely. Where are you at? Yeah. And you choose to increase, to change. It's you. It's a choice. That one nobody can teach you. Yeah. That one you have to take it and say, listen, I know my waist level and I need to break that because so, I'm not going to live in that limited place. Yes. Now we always say, may you be found sitting under your fig, under your vine. Connection to your father, to the king, yes. who when he speaks, his word is law. May you be that connected to citizenship, yes. and your fig tree will bear fruit. What does that mean? Your citizenship will be seen, and the glory of the Lord will be seen in you. Absolutely. This is why we say keep it kingdom. Keep it pure. Keep it pure. And God bless. God bless you.